I want to personally invite you to join me and all the other Brock stars for this year's 13th live and in-person plant stock event outside of Asheville, North Carolina in the little town of Black Mountain. It's 1,500 acres is loaded with wildlife, trees, trails, streams. It is a nature wonderland. And what's also a wonderland are all the incredible speakers that you get to hang with all weekend long, like Jane and Ann Esselstyn, Dr. Will Bolshewitz of Fiberfueled, Carly Bodrug, Miss Plant U, Dr. Gemma Newman is over from the UK. We have Dr. Don Musalem from the Mayo Clinic, John Mackey, the ex-CEO of Whole Food Market Stores, myself, Brian Hart, and a special appearance by the Plant Bros. Here's the kicker. All these Brock stars are there from Friday till Sunday, and they want to rub elbows with all of you, whether it's over buffets of Plant Strong Fair for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, whether it's going on an afternoon hike, a swim, pickleball, frisbee golf, kickball, cornhole, dancing. We're having live music. It's all there in this fun weekend extravaganza that we affectionately call Plant Stock. Simply go to liveplantstrong.com and then click on Plant Stock 2024 and grab yourself a ticket before they sell out. See you there. It was impressive. Uh, you know, I like to, particularly, I'm a big sports guy, so seeing all the different athletes and all. It was really nice and refreshing to see all the different like the different football players and the different marathon runners, right? Everybody talking about the same kind of things where it is, no, it's not about meat, it's not about dairy, it's not about any of this stuff. And how plants are like a good and complete fuel for your body and how it's that much more effective. So I don't know, that was really important to me, so. I mean, for me, it's inspirational because to watch what the human body can do and see individuals that have achieved kind of the greatest from that perspective, but then also see kind of common people kind of intermingled in the film as well and watching them achieve things. I think it just goes to show that if you put your mind to it and you're willing to try something, even for, what was it, seven days for the firefighter experiments, like you can achieve great things. Hello, my Plant Strong pals, Rip here. And you just heard comments from people who attended the one night theatrical premiere of the Game Changers documentary. And it just so happened that it perfectly corresponded with when we were throwing the heart of the hero campaign in Pittsburgh. And so, of course, we naturally included free passes for all of the uh, participants in the seven day rescue challenge as they were taking their plunge into the plant strong lifestyle. Being an executive producer uh, of the Game Changers comes with its perks, one of which is I got to see every iteration of the film before we kind of reached the final version, but nothing, but nothing takes the kale like being in a packed movie house and watching and listening to people's reactions for the first time. Nothing. James Wilkes and I, we're able to spend some time together uh, before and after the private screening of the Game Changers that was thrown by John and Tracy Stewart. And I want to share this 
very special conversation that I had with James where we discussed the impact of the film and how the Game Changers is doing things that nobody but nobody expected. And it is rippling out far and wide beyond just the plant-based vegan community. We talk about the rigors of the science and the quality of the participants that are in the Game Changers, um, which make it almost impossible to, to poke holes in. And we talk about his philosophy on the truth in combat and what his guiding principles were that propelled him in his search for the truth about nutrition. All right, I'm here with the, the man, the myth, the legend, um, the man of the hour, James Lightning Wilkes, uh, the, the star and the producer, and really the, the, con the concept um, designer behind the Game Changers. Uh, we're, we're here in New Jersey. We're, well, we've been invited to do an event around the film by John and Tracy Stewart. Um, quite an honor. And they are just huge fans of the Game Changers. And I mean, I started James kind of watching you go down this path, this journey seven years ago. Can you believe that you're, you're, you're finally where you are right now where we're showing the Game Changers to an audience of 700 people. It's being hosted by John and Tracy Stewart. Did you ever imagine that you would be where you are right now? No, I mean, I, it's, uh, it's been a long journey. I think you gave me too much credit to get this far. It took a huge team, obviously, you know, so sure, I was there at the beginning, but, you know, it took a huge team to get it to, to this level. Uh, it took a lot longer than I thought, a lot more money than I thought, but um, we really thought it would have a big impact, but, you know, the amount of people that have seen it now, it's, uh, I'm not sure on the exact numbers, but it seems to be uh, growing massively, so it's, it's really exciting. What happened? Uh, so it hit iTunes. Yep. And didn't, came, it didn't it break some records on it iTunes? It became the number one selling documentary on iTunes. And then, you know, when the film came out on Netflix, uh, plant-based eating worldwide, uh, roughly three to, uh, increase in interest on Google, roughly increased by threefold. So uh, it's obviously having a big impact. And, I mean, that must feel... I mean, was, was that your goal when you set out to make the Game Changers, to have as big an impact as possible to try and move the needle as far as the number of people that you could share this knowledge with? Um, what, was your, what was your goal? Yeah, I mean, I actually sort of woke up. I was starting to dig into this research, and I woke up at 2 in the morning and thought, I've got to make a documentary about this. I felt like I'd been lied to, and I hate being lied to. So, you know, you know not, my parents weren't trying to lie, but they just sort of misinformed. So they were telling me as a kid, you know, you've seen in the film, I'm in the Superman outfit, and I'm saying you've got to have all this meat and you know, eggs and things to be strong and healthy. And my dad was sort of, had reinforced that. And then obviously the advertising from the meat industry um, and then they, they sort of fund these studies and I just felt like I'd been lied to, right? So I felt like I really had to get the word out. Um, and I was hoping that would create a shift towards more plant-based eating for, for people's health and performance and the planet and everything else. But at the same time, what I really wanted to do is just dispel the myths and let people make their own decision. You know, so I just wanted to point out that we've been lied to and, and you really don't need meat or animal, any animal products to be strong and healthy. Mm -hmm. And uh, as an athlete, you really got to the, the, the top of 
uh, your your game uh, as an ultimate fighter, right? As a mixed martial artist. Yeah. And that was what, 2009? When 2009 you when I won the Ultimate Fighter. I fought for a couple of years after that. But um, yeah. yeah, of course, in the documentary, all the stories condensed. You can't tell everything about someone's journey and all the different injuries you get and everything else. But So I won that. Yeah, I got injured, started digging into research for you know optimal recovery and performance. And uh, that's when I came across the study about the Roman gladiators, yeah. as you've seen in the film. And uh, just started digging into it more and more from there. So I bought a used camera off of Craigslist. I'd heard that, you know, I'd, I'd started hearing about some of the experts in the plant-based field. Thought, well, this would be an opportunity to go and interview some of them, like yourself and your dad and, and a few people like that. And uh, so I bought a used camera off of Craigslist and got some advice from the director of photography from The Ultimate Fighter. <clears throat> Went on YouTube, learned how to do the three-point lighting, got one of the wireless mics, you know, and, um, and that's when I came out and interviewed you for the first time. <laughs> we were in... I think we were in a little hotel room, and I remember thinking, I don't, I don't think this guy has any clue what he's getting into. And then I saw you, you gave a talk, mm. um, and I, it was during that talk that I was like, this guy is amazing, he's a perfectionist, and no wonder he was able to become, you know, the ultimate fighter champion, um, because just, and I asked your wife, because she was there, at mm. that, that event, yeah. and I said, how much did James practice this? Because he did an amazing job. And it wasn't just how much you knew the information, it was the way you put together that, that first presentation. Mm. And she said, he didn't sleep, <laughs> right? Right. And, and so it was at that point that, that I was like, I like this guy, right? I like your commitment, I like yeah. your tenacity. Well, that's the thing, right? You don't have to have all the skills in the world. So I didn't know how to make a film, but you start putting some effort in, you know, get to as far as you can get by yourself, start researching things, you know, whatever it is, whether it's about nutrition or making a film, start digging into, you know, how to make that, do the best you can, and then bring on the people that have the expertise in those fields, and that's how you really put something together well. Same if you're training for a fight, right? You push yourself, you only get so far yourself, you gotta bring team members on, you gotta bring on a wrestling coach, bring on a boxing coach, bring on a nutrition coach, you know? Um, look at sleep, look at, um, you know, sleep training or sleep tra living at altitude. Like you've got to sort of put all these pieces together, and that's what I think we've done with the film, and that's why I think it's been so successful. Who who would you say over the course of the last seven years is the biggest celebrity slash star that you've met while making this? Um, well, I'd like to say Rip. <laughs> no, <laughs> come in. <It's laughs> no, so uh, I think Arnold probably. Yeah, is uh, is the the biggest, yeah. and of course, like. It's probably the most exciting one, right? You know, growing up, uh, I remember my dad uh, had that, his book. So I remember seeing that when I was younger. My brother was into bodybuilding as well. Oh, and, yeah. You know, you're watching all the, the, his films growing up. So that was pretty cool uh, getting to interview him and meet him. And, and he's been super supportive as well. So, And again, like we like to say, it's, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You know, obviously, I believe it's better to be, you know, 100% eating plants, no animal yep. foods, as many whole plants as possible. Um, but people often message me now the film's out. Does it have to go all in? I, you know, I do think it's better to go all in. But you know, if your option is stick with what you're currently eating, the standard Western diet, um, you know, do or do nothing at all. You know, I think it's better. The more the more shift you can have to getting more whole right. plants in your diet, the better. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I would encourage people to eventually try and you know be 100. percent And for some people, they can jump into it and they get great results right away. You know, for other people, you know, they can work into it more slowly. But um, just the more whole plants you can get in your diet, the better off you're going to be. Yeah. What's, uh, 
like so what is next are you just trying to like get your head around the you're on netflix now you you did the work you did the world premiere uh like a little over a month ago um you guys got books planned you got yeah i mean the, the main thing right now is putting out you know resources for people so you know on the website a lot of people are still messaging me on instagram you know i probably get like in my personal inbox, maybe a hundred or so messages a day from people that are eating meat that want to switch and they want to know, are there any recipes? Is there a meal plan? And then obviously we get thousands on the Game Changers um, site as well, messages coming in. Um, and there, there, we are put, we have put some of these resources on the, on the yeah. website. So, you know, how to, what can I switch for eggs in this recipe or how to make the transition, our philosophy, some recipes, tips on eating out, that type of thing. So we're going to continue to put in resources because five out of six people that go meat free um, end up going back historically. And, um, you know, so and one of the main reasons, the main reason is actually social pressure, but the second largest reason is like the lack of resources and knowledge and not knowing what to eat and how to eat and that type yeah. of thing. So we want to keep putting resources out. Um, as well as having an online community with a place where people can ask, you know, a scientific advisor questions or talk to the athletes or, you know, interact with me. So, you know, and, and also amongst themselves, just creating a community. Um, yeah, eventually, you know, a book. People are starting to ask, you know, is there a book you could put out? So um, maybe an app. Just putting out these resources, uh, Game Changers Nutrition Certification yeah. um, for trainers and then one for dietitians. We're also working with the American College of Lifestyle Medicine and also the Defense Health Agency. So the film has been accredited um, as an ongoing medical education resource. So that's the first time ever for the Defense Health Agency. Um, it's also been endorsed by the Special Operations Medical Association, first film ever. Um, so we're really trying to work in sort of educational, the educational sphere and give people these resources to um, both at the personal level to make the switch, but also to doctors and healthcare professionals to um, so they have information to give their patients yeah that, that's all amazing stuff the uh your website yeah. game changers movie.com movie yeah. is it's brilliant i mean the the information that you have there for anybody that's curious and and wants more uh information wants more resources you guys should be super proud of that so whenever you know i've probably seen the film 20 times mm. i know you've probably seen it 4,000 400, 400 yeah at least 400 yeah um I, the the scene that gets the most kind of giggles and mm. uh, I think reaction is obviously the one with the the three college athletes. Yep. And where they do the kind of testing the uh, virility of their their I guess their manhood. Mm -hmm. um, how in the world did you pull that off? How did you how did you get those volunteers? How did you find Aaron Spitz? I mean, well, I mean, funnily enough, so I was searching sort of plant-based doctors um, once I dug into the research and Dr. Spitz's office literally happened to be a thousand yards from my house um, so you know he just happened to be the lead delegate of urology for the American Medical Association he wrote the, the book called <laughs> The Penis Book and um, you know he was advocating plant-based eating for better uh, men's health especially you know reducing risk uh, of prostate cancer um, but also for erectile function as well and, you know, I, I'd seen all of the studies um, going back about 22 years for uh, looking at blood flow, arterial blood flow, yeah. based on having, you know, a heavy animal-based meal uh, versus more of a plant-based meal and seeing better blood flow there and started talking with some of the scientific team, like David Goldman, our chief science advisor, 
chief uh, scientific advisor, and then uh, Dr. Michael Greger, and he point, remember them pointing out, hey, yeah, there's a, something called the penile plasmograph. So the brand is called the Ridger Scan, and it basically tests um, duration, uh, rigidity, and circumference of erections. And we thought, well, that's pretty interesting. Because, you know, as a man, I honestly felt, it wasn't just as an athlete or as a, sort of a human being that I felt like I needed protein. As a man, I really felt like, well, you, something about it that gives you more testosterone, which, of course, isn't true. Um, there was something about it that I felt like I really had to have meat. And so I thought that would be an interesting experiment, given that the arteries that go to the penis are basically some of the smallest in the body. Uh, and so it was really fascinating to, to see the results. And then, yeah, I was surprised that these, uh, <laughs> these college athletes were totally cool showing up. A few people did drop out early on. And I remember flying back from New York the day before that, um, that, that filming. And uh, luckily, I had Wi-Fi on the plane because, you know, all through the night, I was basically trying to figure out a few more athletes to show up because some people dropped out the day before and just worked out, you know, really well. Well, it worked out brilliantly. Yeah. Have you been in touch with those those three yeah. athletes at yeah, all? Yeah, absolutely, and, like about a month ago. And how are they doing? How, have their lives been changed since the movie? <laughs> Actually, it must have been just before the film came out. Yeah. So I sent them a link to the film before it came out. I recently reached out to my friends at Wild Earth to provide me with a few more details about the best diet for dogs. Uh, as you guys are well aware, uh, our family is currently feeding our one-and-a-half-year-old rescue, Jade, wild-earth, plant-based dog food. But the truth is, is that dogs, they've evolved over millennia to not only enable them to digest plant-based starches, but also to thrive on foods like fruits and vegetables and whole grains and herbs, meats, poultry, fish. And, uh, and much more, which makes them true omnivores. And I find that fascinating. And I applaud the, the team at Wild Earth for really redefining what a clean protein means for dogs. I would encourage you to try a bag and save 40% off your first order by visiting wildearth.com or amazon.com and use the code PLANTSTRONG. Let's, let's, let's talk for a sec about some of the, the myths mm -hmm. that you try and bust yep. in the movie. What would you say is the number one myth that you, you addressed? That you need uh, meat and animal products for protein. I think that's the number one. I think there's something that's underlying that, which perhaps is a bit more subconscious, uh, that real men eat meat. I think that's an underlying myth. But I think the sort of most conscious myth that people believe, that I feel like we did a good job busting, is that um, you need meat and animal products for protein. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think it's revelatory for a lot of people um, that animals are just the middlemen. So all protein originates in plants. Animals are just the middlemen. You can cut that middleman out and go straight to the source. And a lot of people have sort of been picking up on that and go, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so now they're getting their protein from right. plants. Right. What's, uh, what's another myth that you, that you busted in this movie? Um, well, I think there were... You know, I think there were quite a few. I think... Um, oh, there were lots. Yeah. Want me to tee up a little bit? Sure. You, you give me some that you... Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I think one is uh, if, I, if I eat uh, soy, yeah. right? Yeah. That, that could be problematic. 
right. because I'm getting I'm getting uh, these estrogens. Yeah, exactly. Is, is that is that true? Right. No, as you know, <laughs> it's uh, things are setting that up. But no, it's not uh, totally not true. So you know, soy contains phytoestrogens, whereas animal products um, contain the same exact estrogen as as humans have in their body. And so it's strange to be worried about you know a plant estrogen, which actually has beneficial effects. Um, but not be worried about you know dairy or eggs or meat um, that is you know is, is raising your estrogen levels. I mean, after a glass of milk, you know you're raising your estrogen. I think it was by uh, was it 27 percent within hours. I can't remember the exact uh, number. I, I think you're right. It's so, it's somewhere between 20 and 30 30 percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in just an hour. Right. Right. And what about uh, what does it does? It what does that do to your testosterone? It drops. So, yeah, so at the same time, your testosterone is dropping as well. So your estrogen goes up. Yeah, testosterone, testosterone goes drops, down. Yeah, within hours of drinking cow's milk. So, um, yeah, just better off, much better off getting it from a plant, plant-based milk. You know, so it's just I mean, the milk industry has done an amazing job, uh, the dairy industry, at leading us to believe that we need milk. You know, they use that thing called the unique selling proposition or unique selling point in marketing where they've, they go, okay, what does this product have? It has a lot of calcium. Okay, let's really pitch that. Yeah. So, you know, um, like a cup of collard greens, for example, has more bioavailable calcium, but also has a lot of magnesium, which is also important for bone health. Well, cow's milk is fairly low in ma- magnesium, but they don't advertise that, right? They're just going to hit you with this unique selling proposition over and over and over again calciums cow's milk bones and of course as you know there's an inverse correlation between dairy consumption and and bone fractures so the countries with the highest dairy intake actually have more bone fractures not less and so it's counter to what you'd think and you can get all the calcium you need and what's going on there why uh is it because the calcium you're getting from dairy products is not very absorbable or is it because of the animal protein that's in there uh, well, there's, I think there's a number of hypotheses, and mm-hmm. the strongest hypothesis at the moment seems to be the lactose, apparently, which is apparently weakening bone. So the the, the milk sugar uh, in the bone uh, is potentially having some negative effects on in the milk has some negative effects on on bone health. That's it seems to be one of the leading ones that I've heard recently. Wow! Um, but I've heard numerous uh, hypotheses over over time. Right, right. I think I mean one of the biggest one I I've heard is that. It, you have these sulfuric-containing amino acids right. that yeah. actually siphon calcium out no, of the bones to buffer also, yeah. that acid load. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what about? Uh, let's talk about iron for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, people th- think they need red meat for uh, red meat, especially right for iron, but they don't realize that 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 hemine, your body can't really regulate that. So hemine is the iron that's already attached to the hemoglobin. So when you eat it, your body can't regulate it. With the non-hemine, which is uh, found in, I mean. Animal foods have both heme and non-heme, but plants basically have, there's a minuscule amounts of heme, but basically it's non-heme iron. And your body can regulate that. So if you take in loads and loads of non-heme iron, your body only absorbs what it needs. Right. But if you take in lots of heme iron, your body can't regulate that. And as you saw in the film, um, one milligram per day, or per, for each milligram, there's a 27% increase in uh, cardiovascular disease. Uh, so that's that's pretty significant. And how many uh, milligrams are in like a if you take a, a Wendy's a like a, if you take a Wendy's medium burger, not the large, uh, there's like two point. It's between two and three um, milligrams right. of hemine, and it's 
it's so it's for every milligram there's a 27 percent increase per day and, and most one. and most americans I, I would imagine because they're eating a, a fair More amount of meat are probably mm -hmm. consuming what five to eight milligrams of, of heme iron a day yeah i'm not i, haven't, I don't yeah. know what the numbers are but yeah. It's, yeah most people aren't eating just a single wendy's hamburger right so you know one of the things that i think made you one of the best fighters on the planet was your attention to detail and some of these key lessons that you took from Bruce Lee yep. that, you, that you've now applied to the movie and the science. What were those lessons? Well, I mean, Bruce Lee's main philosophy was research your own experience, absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, and add what is specifically your own. And so I think for me, you know, I used to study karate and, and taekwondo and all these different forms, and every martial art has something useful in it. <clears throat> but you, you know, when I was 15 years old, I got, after I was studying these for, a, for quite a few years, I got beaten up on the street and realized that those things really weren't working for me. So it was when then I came to the realization, you've got to really dig in and see what the truth in combat is. You've got to start really studying and really looking at, um, you know, what does the evidence show is the best way to train, right? And then when I got injured, so I used to be in the search for truth in combat, and when I got injured, I suddenly sort of put myself on this path for the search for truth in nutrition. So there was a parallel. Yeah. And I thought, again, okay, what have I got to do? I've, I'd fallen... Um, I'd fallen for the sort of nutritional evidence that was in magazines and blogs, and I sort of likened that to sort of just falling for the karate, you know, lessons that I'd sort of mm. gone to because it looked it looked flashy and it looked good. And didn't you call that bro science? Yeah. So yeah, I'd fallen for the bro science exactly. And so I thought, okay, what have I got to do? I've got to really look at the evidence. So that's when I did a deep dive. You know, well, first of all, I was looking. That's when I came across the study about the Roman gladiators, and that. That wasn't enough to convince me. You know, people have been saying, oh, this whole film is built around this premise that gladiators were vegan, right? Well, first of all, that's not what the film said. The scientists in the film that analyzed the bones said that they were predominantly vegetarian. Right. And then I said I was shocked that they could do this eating mainly plants. So no one ever said they were vegan. And that isn't what the film is based on. All that did was a starting point that sort of got me into how could they have been strong and athletic, which they do know from the uh, the attachments on the bones. They know that they were, they were strong. And, you know, that just made me start looking into the nutritional research. But again, I applied that same mindset from the search for truth in combat to the search for truth in nutrition and just started really digging in. And I do have a science degree, um, so I was sort of a little bit familiar with reading um, scientific papers. And so just started really digging into the truth and then also looking into how those studies that I read were funded. Looking at, you know, mm -hmm. was there any conflict of interest listed? And if not, because a lot of times they're supposed to, you know, they're supposed to list the conflict of interest, but a lot of times they don't. So you start digging into each of the authors and it's quite a, you know, a, a, a timely process to start digging into this, but that's what I felt I had to do to get to the bottom of this. And the science that's in this movie is, I mean, from what I can tell, everything is footnoted. Yeah. Uh, it is about as rock solid as you can get. And you don't just use anybody. I mean, this is the, the, the level of pedigree yeah. of, the, of the physicians, of the archaeologists, yep. you, you name it. I mean, can you talk a little bit about the pedigree of some of the people that are in the movie? Yeah, I mean, so some of the documentaries that come out in the past, it's sort of a lot of, you know, people would say vegan doctors, 
which is not necessarily the case. And certainly in this case, wasn't. Some of the anthropologists, some of the scientific experts weren't uh, completely vegan. Right. Right. They were probably eating mainly plants because you know, it's healthier. But just like doctors, you know, you could be a doctor and know that smoking is bad for you. It doesn't mean you're not going to smoke yourself. You can still know the evidence. So there's been some criticism of the film saying, well, all of the doctors in it are just vegan doctors, so they've got an agenda. Well, that's not true. Right. Um, so if you look at, you know, the, the level of expertise in the film, so we had the, at the time, the chair of nutrition at Harvard, Dr. Walter Willett, who's the most published, or was at the time, the most published nutritional scientist in the world. Um, and... and, and I'm, I'm going to stop you after you, after you sure. say each person sure. just a little bit. So, uh, Walter Willett, and what? So one of the things that he said that really sticks out in my mind is that animal protein revs up tumor and cancer cells. Is that yeah. is that what you heard? Yeah, exactly. So you know, and and what was really interesting is that he said the you know with dairy consumption and prostate cancer, which is obviously going to you know affect men, obviously, um, there was. The, the causal link was actually quite clear, right? So that's a pretty big statement for someone at his level to say that it was a causal link, not just, you know, a correlational link where, you know, we see it, dairy go up and so prostate yeah. cancer could it have been something else um, that wasn't connected. But he's saying there's a causal link. So it's really quite interesting, um, you know, someone of that level is saying that. That's, that says a lot. Yeah. I mean, and then how about Kim Williams? Yeah, president of the American College of Cardiology at the time when we interviewed him. Um, again, you know, you, it's hard to um, put down people of these credentials at this level. You know, he talked about the various inflammatory mediators. And, of course, in the film, we couldn't fit in. Some of the experts were talking for two hours, yeah. even, some of them even four-hour interviews. Um, and it was a shame because I'm sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, we've got to put this in the film, we've got to put this in the film. And they're just hours and hours of interviews, and it's hard to fit in everything you want. So people are trying to pick apart little bits of science in the film, yeah. you know, making pretty um, false claims about it. But the science in the film is like less than 1% of what, you know, we uncovered in, in the research. So Right. And then you had Columbia Batiste. Columbus Batiste, yeah. You had Dean Ornish. Yep. Yeah. He's done amazing work with um, looking at reversing not only heart disease, but prostate cancer, and has now moved on to... Alzheimer's? Uh, right? Yeah, reversing early stage um, preventing, but also reversing early stage um, Alzheimer's. And the studies apparently are going really well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see yeah, if, if there is an effect yeah, there. Phenomenal. And then who, who are some of the, um, the experts that, that you spoke to, for example, about, uh, you know, the canine teeth and... Stuff yeah, well, like I mean, the, sort of the most prominent um, anthropologist was, that we spoke to was Dr. Richard Rangham, who's the chair of uh, anthropology at Harvard. Um, and there were some really great things that he said that we didn't get to put in the film. You know, he said basically, if you were, if you were left, uh, you know, back in the day, our ancestors to eat only meat yeah. or only plants, the people who eat only meat would be dead pretty quickly, and the ones eating only plants would thrive. So I think that, we, that 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 soundbite didn't make the film. It was in an early cut that we sort of played around with, um, but you know, for someone at that level to say that, it's, um, yeah, yeah, that says something. And the uh, executive producers mm -hmm. that are associated with the film yep. are, I mean, these are world-class athletes. Who who are some of the executive producers? So Chris Paul, who's the nine-time All-Star NBA player, Lewis Hamilton, who's now the six-time. Um, Formula One champion and Novak Djokovic, the number one male uh, rated tennis player in the world who just won 
uh, Wimbledon recently in the final. I think it was yeah. one of the longest or the longest that had ever gone on. Beat Roger Federer. It was, yeah. I watched the whole thing. Yeah, it was a great, great <laughs> match and, and great endurance. And um, again, as you know, the endurance is one of the big things that you get. But from uh, in order to be an executive producer, did you also have to be like 100% plant-based? No, I mean, they're not all. Uh, so Arnold's not 100% plant-based. So he's never really been into dairy. He's always said, dairy, you know, milk is for babies. Um, so he's not been, never been a fan of dairy. And then, you know, since sort of learning the, he'd come to his own conclusions as well, you know, way before this film, realizing that plants are the way to go and the animal products could be um, harmful to your, to your health. And so he's cut down on his meat consumption by 80%. So he might, you know, he still likes steak in it once in a while. But you, you can eat something because yeah. you like the taste of it if that's what you want to do. But don't trick yourself into thinking that that's good for you. Um, and then, you know, Jackie Chan, I don't think is 100% plant-based, but right. he's, you know, he's, he's, he's um, largely plant-based. And so, you know, the people, these people believe in the film. And Arnold wanted to help get out that it's a myth that you need meat to be strong and healthy. And perhaps he sort of, you know, perpetuated that a little bit back in the day. I've even heard stories of him waking up at like three, four in the morning to eat a whole chicken yeah. back in the day. And, and so he probably you know, feels that he probably helped perpetuate that back in the day and, and wants to just set the record straight. Yeah, well, he even talked, uh, I think it was in the movie, maybe not, or maybe it was one of the scenes that were cut about one of the people that he looked up to when he was in bodybuilding was Bill Pearl. Right. Who was all vegetarian, never, never did meat. Yeah, I think it was because of gout. Um, so some of those bodybuilders were getting gout back in the day, and so quite a few of them switched over. Yeah, um, there's others like and- Andreas Carling, and um, there was actually there was a whole list of bodybuilders that back in the day that were went meat free largely because of gout and started winning championships. Um, I'm trying to remember the other names, but uh, yeah. you know. So anybody with gout out there that's listening, <laughs> <laughs> you definitely want to want to drop the meat. One of the scenes that when I was watching this, mm. it got me more pumped up than anything else mm. was when Nate Diaz yeah. like took down Conor McGregor. Yeah. Uh, oh, gosh. I mean, uh, I mean, did you just love that or what? Yeah, I mean, it was a great scene. I mean, I think you know Conor McGregor was being so cocky before that, you know, saying you're like a gazelle, I'm like a lion, because he that was clearly making fun of his plant-based diet, right? <clears throat> pointing out that he, oh, I'm like a lion, like a carnivore, and he was eating two steaks a day. And, you know, people are trying to criticize that part and say, well, actually, there was another fight after that where Connor just, you know, slightly edged him out, although people thought it was a bad decision. Um, but, you know, we could have gone into that whole story and we thought about it because Connor did cut down on his meat consumption after that, right. you know. And um, so, you know, I think... Uh, it was in Connor's words that he, you know, he was having two steaks a day, and it affected his energy, and it was a battle of energy. And and as we know, like, well, n- maybe people do or don't know, but Nick and Nate Diaz, the two brothers, are just known for like phenomenal endurance, and they're both, um, you know, high-level triathletes as well. Um, so again, we know that you're going to have better endurance, you know, eating. eating That's so interesting because I had no idea mm. that Nate and, and Nick Diaz were also triathletes. Yeah. Do you know? They've sometimes literally had a fight one night next morning up at 5 a.m. and they're running a triathlon in the same yeah. city. I just can't imagine how tough these, these guys are. Yeah. It's phenomenal. And hasn't Nate now, you said we were talking earlier and you said mm. he's gone on now and he's become like a... He's a, a big deal right now. They just, so they actually created a new belt in in the UFC uh, called BMF. Uh, What's that mean? Well, BMF, the bad, baddest, bad mother. 
Yeah, bad mother effer. Bad mother father. Yeah, bad mother effer is, is basically what that stands for. They created a new belt just for this fight that he had last week. And unfortunately, it got stopped by the referee. Um, Nate was cut. And um, it would be interesting to see the fourth and fifth round because that's when his endurance, you know, really you know, helps. So. Wow. And, and so one of the things you didn't show in the, 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 the film that mm. I thought was interesting is how many rounds did that first fight go where he beat Conor McGregor? Because you were saying that. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember, actually. But I think what well, you said that maybe the first three, maybe Conor was, was taking it. And yeah. After that. Yeah, I can't remember what round it was. Yeah. But, yeah. but Nate's just known for his endurance, so. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I, yeah, I loved that. that yeah, that scene. Great, and, and then of course, you know, when he's <laughs> talks to the mic, uh, I'm, uh, what, oh, I'm not surprised. Are you surprised? No, I'm not surprised. Mother, father. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the conversations that you and I have had, uh, numerous times, you, me and Joseph Pace, one of the other producers and one yeah. of the writers yeah. of the game changers, is about the backfire principle. Mm -hmm. Talk about that. Yeah, I mean, it's something that we were, <coughs> um, we sort of felt naturally, but we also saw it in, in the research as we were going along, is that basically, if you just give people information and if it's against their sort of current beliefs, then they dig in their heels more and believe in their original position more than the facts that you're showing them. Yeah. And so it's just, um, you know, sort of just worked out that we were showing these great role models and the psychological, the, the, uh, the literature in psychology also shows that showcasing these role models is an effective way to open people's minds up and let them be more accepting of the, uh, of the science. Mm -hmm. I, I, well, I know when I was a firefighter, mm. uh, some of these guys, they would, they, they didn't care about how much cholesterol was in mm. a burger. They didn't care about saturated fat. In fact, because their identities were so tied to eating meat, right. they would actually, in front of me, shovel down, you know, two or three burgers instead of their normal one just to show me how tough they were, how manly yeah, they were. I remember my dad, um, before he had the heart attack, you know, because I was already digging into this, and I remember him taking a big swab of butter and just spreading it on his toast, like, you know. And I said, you know, that's, that's not really great, great for you. He said, oh, yeah, and he got, like, double, you know, and put it on the <laughs> toast. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think people are trying to show, you know, there's, there's actually some sort of, um, there's some science behind that. Um, people yeah. are trying to basically show that what, what impacts other people, uh, like, their genes are stronger than those people, so what impacts right. them is, uh, is not going to impact other people, so. Yeah. Look what your father, right, who reacted that way, look how far he's come. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately for him, he, he had to have a heart attack in order to wake up and start listening, right? So my hope is, and this has happened with lots of people already reaching out to me, um, there's been a lot of sad stories where people have said, you know, my, uh, my dad ate tons of meat and cheese and unfortunately passed away at like 60 years old of a heart attack. So it's really sad to hear those stories. Um, but then there's also some great stories I hear about, you know, my, my dad or my mom or my auntie or my uncle has been having heart issues and uh, now they've switched and they're starting to feel better and they're down on their medication. And so, um, yeah, you can, it's never too late to make the change. People think, oh, I'm already 60, I'm already yeah. 70 or whatever. You can still make that shift. And so, you know, I'm really pleased that my dad made the shift because for a lot of people, the first sign of a heart attack would be death. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm pleased that he made the shift. Obviously, it'd be nice if he'd made it earlier, but I'm hoping that will inspire, and it seems to be, uh, inspire other people uh, to make the change before it's too late. Well, I think that 
the Game Changers literally is one of the most inspirational, informational, exciting documentaries uh, that's come out in my lifetime. I, as I've told you probably 20 times, I couldn't be more proud mm. of what you uh, and, and Joseph and the whole team yeah. has been able to create. It's monumental. And uh, I think as, as Louis said, uh, after one of the premieres, you know, there'll be uh, the world we know it before Game Changers mm -hmm. and after Game Changers. And that is, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, thanks for saying that. And I think it, it is happening. You know, like I said, there's like a threefold interest in plant-based eating worldwide um, because since the film came out. If you look at, you know, Google Trends and look at the, the spike in interest. So, there's definitely a conversation that's happening on both sides of the aisle. You know, you've got the keto and the carnivore folks trying to weigh in. Yeah. But the fact that they're trying to rebut the film so hard and come out against it, I mean, you know, it's better to be um, talked about than the one doing all the, you know, getting on. It's hard not to jump on social sometimes <laughs> and, and uh, try and uh, rebut their claims. But there's a big conversation happening. And uh, I think that's always a great thing. All the pioneers have lots of arrows in their backs. So yeah. you're you're you got you're tough yeah. you'll you'll Better watch my bank <laughs> <laughs> um all right james thank you so much peace engine two keep it plant strong awesome thanks for having me right oh yeah the game changers came out and it has done things that nobody expected in one week it surpassed and became the most downloaded documentary on iTunes in the history of iTunes. It is consistently one of the most popular and trending movies on Netflix. And as I'm sure you can imagine, when this happens, you're going to receive a lot of backlash. And recently, Joe Rogan did an episode where he had one of his so-called nutrition experts, a guy named Chris Presser come in and basically shoot holes in the film. And he then invited James Wilkes to come on the show and defend himself. And James goes toe to toe against Joe and Chris, two animal eating lovers, and basically rules the octagon. He, um, he takes them down. And in my opinion, he takes them down hard. This is almost four hours long, and there's been over 2.3 million downloads on YouTube alone. So, pretty spectacular. I want to read to you something that Joe Rogan wrote in his show notes, which is, At Lightning Wilkes, one of the producers of The Game Changers, came on to challenge some of the criticism that Chris Kresser presented about the movie. And to say that he did well would be a tremendous understatement. James knocked it out of the park and defended himself and the film quite spectacularly. So much so that I'm actually considering taking the original breakdown of the film offline. Pretty fantastic. I want you to know that if you're interested in watching or listening to this episode, we'll link to it in our show notes. James Wilkes is nothing short of an all-around good guy. If you want to hang out with James this summer at Camp Plantstock, come. He'll put you in the sleeper headlock 
if you tap out, he won't knock you out completely. But I invite you to come join James, the producer and star of the Game Changers, along with Dr. Michael Clapper, Dr. Michael Greger, Marco Borges, the trainer of Beyonce and Jay-Z, Gene Bauer, Jim Hicks, my whole family, uh, Dr. Monica Agarwal, Brenda Davis, Dr. Neil Barnard, and a slew of others as we, uh, as we romp in the Black Mountains of, uh, of Asheville, North Carolina. It's the ultimate blend of deep learning, epic stories, new ideas, plus all kinds of strategies and tools for accelerating your plant-strong living. Visit CampPlantStock.com and register today. right all right all right i hope you enjoyed that conversation with james he truly has not only the heart of the hero but he has a special fire that burns deep inside of him and i so appreciate his passion thanks so much for listening i want you to know that this interview was also filmed so you're welcome to check that out on youtube as well links to the video version plus additional show notes And links to our special offers can be found at plantstrongpodcast.com or within your podcast player. You simply have to scroll down within the episode. I want you to be sure to tune in next week when we're going to share the highlights from the live panel discussion that James and I took part in that was moderated by the one and only John Stewart. Finally, I want to encourage you to support our family's 501c3 public charity, the Esselstyn Foundation. We partner with existing nonprofits to make sure that the transformational power of the whole food, plant-strong lifestyle is available to everyone, no matter what your background or financial situation. All of our programming is offered free of cost. If you want to find out more, go to esselstonfamilyfoundation.org and know that all donations are tax deductible. Thanks. Thank you for listening and subscribing to our show. I want you to know that we read each and every one of your reviews and we appreciate each and every one. If you want to learn more about this season or today's guests and sponsors, please visit plantstrongpodcast.com. Plant Strong Podcast team includes Scott Battisill, Lori Kordowich, Amy Mackey, Patrick Gavin, Wade Clark, and Carrie Barrett. I want to thank my parents, Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn Jr. and Ann Kryle Esselstyn for creating a legacy that will be carried on for generations and being willing to go against the current and trudge upstream to the causation. We are all better for it.